Bounces away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league and panellists reuniting. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson, and we are uniting because, Miles Stebman, I've met you once before and you've made the trip up to Brisbane for a live show. How you going, mate? Um, very good. I will be writing this trip off to tax because it is work. <laughs> so it's great to be here with you. In the f- I think, yeah, definitely our first ever live show. First ever live show. I don't know if you've had... Kieran? No, no. I haven't managed to get Kieran in the same room. He's always sick or got jury duty, one of the two. Uh, so we'll, I'll catch up with Kieran another time. He was meant to be here tonight, but Kieran Gibson, of course, is unwell. I do have Daniel Friend here with us, though, as well. Friend, you're down in your minor, uh, missing out on all the fun, but uh, you can still join in via remote means. How are you going today? I'm well, thanks, guys. Yeah, I wonder if Kieran, when he's on jury duty, he's got Homer's glasses that he wore <laughs> um, and he just go to sleep. But yeah, I-, I might have to get up there one day soon as well. It'd be good fun. Yeah, well, you, you could actually do um, both this show with me, maybe Kieran, and then you could also catch up with Josh Donohoe for Beers in the Sheds up at the Sunshine Coast. Absolutely. Well. That'd, be a, that'd be like a world tour of Daniel Friend podcasts. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's, yeah, really excited to hear about um, me and and my travels. (laughs) I know I am. Guys, let's talk about some rugby league, though. It was a very, very eventful round 19. But before we get into, of course, I think all of our listeners know the two main topics that have been dominating the news uh, in this upcoming Women of League round, round 20 of the 2002 2022 Premiership. We haven't talked much about Women in League Round because of the controversy, unfortunately. But before we do that, let's do some wildcard awards. Friendy, we need some levity before we get into all the uh, all the serious stuff. So what sort of wildcard award do you have for us today? Uh, this week, Bo, I've got the Mark Chopper-Reed Award, and it goes to Stephen Crichton, who, yeah, obviously Mark Chopper-Reed, for those that know him, lost his ears back in the day, and uh, I think that was actually deliberate, but this certainly wasn't, and a big head clash with Dale Finucane, and he lost sort of a, a big chunk of his ear, so mm. apparently it's he's getting, getting surgery, and it, it'll all be fixed up, because otherwise he would have been, yeah, walking around looking like Chopper. Did they have to uh, ice it in the Gatorade? Is that what happened there? Oh, mate, I, I don't know, but did you did you see it? There, there was a big piece of it missing. Like, mm-hmm. that'd be uh, quite odd. You wake up that morning and you, you look in the mirror and, and you, you're feeling yourself. You're probably looking all right, a bit of Steve Crichton, and then all of a sudden, yeah, h- half your, um, your wing nut's gone. <laughs> he's, he's gone from tasty looking just to tasty looking for Mike Tyson, I would say that much. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Crichton. Um, and and Delphinuken got a couple of weeks uh, suspension for that, by the way, if I can mm. touch on that. Miles, uh, basically reckless, reckless play, essentially. Um, do you think it's a fair thing, given that it was basically a head clash? Yeah, those head clashes are difficult because we want to sort of discourage them at every turn but it is sort of one of those plays that um just occurs in the game so there does need to be sort a really granular investigation of um when heads clash um you know how much intense involved but you know you go about this for ages i think probably a little bit harsh but that's the nrl's mandate at the moment friendly what do you make of that yeah very harsh um it would have been interesting to see 
what would have happened if I don't know it was Matt Lodge or Jared Weir Hargraves or something like that? Maybe they would have got more. But yeah, I, I felt it was pretty harsh. He, he just ran in trying to make a, a really spirited tackle for his team and uh, make a difference. But yeah, I don't know, a bit harsh in my opinion. I agree. And, and listening to Wade Graham on NRL three hundred and sixty last night, uh, it seems like Dal Finuk is the kind of guy that would apparently do this sort of stuff at training even so it's not like he was deliberately trying to hurt Stephen Crichton it's just the intensity he plays at so uh, but a couple of weeks on the sideline for him and hey look it might freshen him up in time for finals so it could be a mixed blessing for the Sharks one thing I will add about those uh, just about how tackling is handled in the modern game is that they seem to want to uh, ensure even when it's harsh like in this instance that um, the tackler controls literally every part of the tackle so Mm. obviously when you you know where you're dropping a player but also in this instance unfortunately contact with the head so um, I think the way the NRL sees that is that even if it's an accident that is your uh, job to control that yeah duty of care I think is the yeah. word they throw around yeah. isn't it so uh, good point good point thanks Miles and while you're, while you're having a chat uh, what's your wildcard award this week I've got the uh, full house wildcard award which is going to Zach Fulton um, who hopefully I mean, well, hopefully, I think for, for Seagulls fans, will be making his debut this weekend. He's 18th man. Um, mm. Could do a lot worse than <laughs> some of the names on the team sheet. But um, <laughs> he will, of course, be the... Well, when he does make his debut, uh, he will be the, the third Fulton to play for the... Uh, I think the fourth minute of the family and the third Fulton to play for the Seagulls. Um, probably won't be as good as Bob Fulton, but... Um, Let's hope he's a little bit better than Scott Fulton. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I, um, club legend Scott Fulton. <laughs> yeah, I, I know Zach. Uh, yeah, a, a family friend of mine. Uh, his dad is now Zach and his sister Zali's stepdad. So, yeah, I, I actually know Zach. Oh, is, is he... Um, do you know how, how excited he is at the opportunity <laughs> of playing, I suppose? Friend of the show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm assuming he'd be excited. I, I knew him more when he was a bit younger. Um, and, yeah, his sister came to our school the last... Ooh, she finished last year. So, yeah, she was there for a, a few years as well. So, yeah, he's... um. He's full of energy, I'll say that much. <laughs> Sounds very diplomatic. My wildcard award sort of stems from yours a little bit, Miles. Of course, we're going to get into the trial of the Seagull 7, uh, but I do want to just do a little bit of trial of the media as well before we get into it. So my wildcard award is the Paul Gallen Award for missing the point completely, which goes to NRL 360 on Tuesday night. <laughs> now, Messrs. Kent, Anasta, Crawley and Riccio, they all... They all expressed, you know, support of inclusivity and all that sort of stuff, which I, you know, I endorse wholeheartedly. But they keep talking about how these pride symbols aren't needed. And they keep talking about how it's political, which it isn't. And they keep dog whistling to their conservative fan base by referencing the quote, woke left, um, (laughs) which, you know, I think is an odd insult because if you're not awake you're asleep so i don't really get why you'd want to be asleep but we can throw paul gallon's comments on 100 percent footy into the mix as well i i, I just think it's a, i think it's a little bit of proof of why these sort of symbols are needed and i know that uh, a few of us might disagree about the timing of it or maybe the way it was handled and in the in the spirit of diversity I, i'd love to get some some opinions on the matter so miles stebman on the Subject of the trial of the Seagull 7, do you have a take? Well, look, obviously we've gone um, on for a long time about this off-air, um, so I will try to keep my points brief so we can you know, have as many as possible. But anyway, I think that... Uh, oh, yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm in support of the message because it's important um, 
you see pride initiatives in almost every other sport, so there's no reason that we shouldn't have them in rugby league. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that does wrinkle me is the, the timing. Um, and I, I did see uh, in, in further reporting on the, the matter during the week that, um, yes, the initiative was um, sort of commenced in the off-season, which is probably when I would have liked to have seen it resolved as well in the mm-hmm. off-season. Um, and for whatever reason, it's taken, you know, um, 16, 18 rounds of footy to sort of um, to, to begin in earnest. Um, mm. And there was suggestions that the players were perhaps not, you know, adequately informed or whatever that means about uh, the initiative, um, which also probably should have happened because uh, they should have known that this is going to happen um, mm. with at least a few of the players. But, uh, yeah, at, uh, coming from the the point of the, the Seagull season, it's, you know, it's the most important game of the year. Um, we're playing a, a team that is, uh, I think, above one spot, above the Seagulls and Ladder. Mm-hmm. Um and it's one of those, you know, everyone calls them four-point games or whatever, but um, super important game. And the club's going to be missing seven of well, a handful of the best players and a few others. <laughs> um, and I look, I, I just think that it's it's the kind of thing that, if, you know, club sorts this out in the off-season, announces it, you know, puts the jersey on sale, whatever. Uh, players probably react the same way, but there's at least some sort of headroom to work out, you know, either... Um, work you come to some sort of arrangement with them i know that sounds ridiculous or just cut them loose you know whatever mm-hmm. whatever it may be mm-hmm. um to sort of jam this in the middle of the season um uh, i'm sure the club would say it's not ideal it's certainly not ideal from a playing point of view friendy i'd love to get your take on this as well um miles made some really good points there i thought yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree with a, a lot of what Miles said. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit reluctant to comment too much on it, but first and foremost, I totally support um, gay pride movement, all, all that sort of stuff. The whole community, um, it, there's, there's no reason they shouldn't be included in, in whatever it is, um, any sport, whatever. They're, they can all play. Um, it, it's, it's a great initiative. Um, I, I just think the club... How they've let this fall on these these players look a bit silly now um, to certain people, and then to other people they look like oh well they're sticking up for their religious beliefs and and to be honest I'm not a religious man but that's fine as well. Um, there should have been I think like Miles said it just should have been handled much better earlier in the year. And the first thing I would have done, the very first thing, is get Ian Roberts in to speak to the playing group about mm. what this would mean if it was to go ahead and if they could jump on board with it. Not forcing it down their throats three days before the game and then all of a sudden they've had to pull out and now they look like they're, they're getting hammered on social media. Yep. So I feel a little bit for the players in that respect. They haven't in any way come out and given any homophobic slurs, nothing like that. They're just... They're religious guys, that, and that's part of their, their life since they were born and part of their family and stuff. So it, it's hard for them. Um, it, it's really hard for people like Ian Roberts and the gay community to deal with now that, like, oh, shit, maybe people aren't as inclusive as we, we thought. Um, it, it just should have been handled way better by the club and the NRL. Yeah, I, I you, you both know, and I think of uh, our listeners would probably agree that I take the opposite point of view of the of the Seagull 7 that I'm going to refer to them as at this point <laughs> but what I will say is that a lot of these guys are like 20 
or like 24. And we're all a little bit older than that now. And it's worth remembering how influential our families are on the men that we became or the adults that we become if, if we're not men. Uh, it's, it's important to us that we have the approval of our families and our communities. And while I quite strongly disagree with their views, I... I think they've done the right thing by step, you know, in a perfect world, I think they just sit there, cop it and play on personally, but they have made a conviction that they, you know, strongly believe this certain way. And perhaps the least disruptive way to do it at this point, at this juncture is to sit out and it's their right to do so. I support that. Right. Um, there's been a lot of talk miles about, their rights being impinged on or that the players themselves have been excluded. Do you see it that way? Uh, Well, I mean, I I don't know exactly what right a a player holds um, Mm. contractually, um, obviously. Um, I don't have the contracts in front of me. Uh, I don't know whether they reserve the right to sit out a game or not for a a reason like this. It's obviously never occurred um, Mm -hmm. in in rugby league. but as far as their and look, I'm no legal expert either. But as far as their their rights at work or their civil rights or their rights as an Australian or whatever, they I don't think can be made to do whatever they don't want at work. Mm. Um, but whether they're, um, I, I don't know. Like it's 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 a really tough like it's a really tough one. Um, you know, should they be made to wear the jersey against their will? Probably not. Um, they shouldn't even have be in this position. The the, the poor guys. Like oh, I understand what you're saying. Jump on board, and and that's great. And to be honest, like I think they should too. But th- they've made this call, and and I don't think they should have had to have made this call. Th- this should have been sorted ages ago. Like I, I don't understand when you sign up to be an NRL player. There's no part of your contract that says you need to show everyone in the world your beliefs and mm. this is what that's done this has shown to the world what these these guys believe in and everything and that's great that they stand by it and that's their conviction but you shouldn't have to there, there should be some privacy in this this isn't something they're not politicians then they're, they're not um i don't know they're, they're sportsmen this is not for sportsmen to be put up on this uh I don't know. If they want to do that, then that's great. But it shouldn't be forced upon them um, to be made to show, I don't know, how they think or feel or, or whatever in front of people. They're out there to score tries and, and win games of footy. That, that That's it. The, the thing I would wonder about, um, just in respect to um, being these reluctant ambassadors they are, um, and, yeah, we can have hypotheticals for, you know, as long as we want, but it's... I'd love to understand from them whether the specific issue is promoting the you know pride or whatever on their body or you know if it was just a pride night and you know maybe they weren't wearing the the rainbow flag on their jerseys or you know it was just merchandise available for for purchase or whatever whether they would still sit out um whether mm. it was an nrl initiative would they sit out we, you know i'd love to know um what the the specific issue is from their part um and as far as I'm aware, we haven't heard exactly from the players what in, in detail what the specific issue is. Yeah, I think the main thing we've heard is that 
You know, we've heard from Des and, and Daly, and they've said that they enthusiastically support inclusivity um, and will be playing and coaching on the night because of that. But then also they support the players in their beliefs. Uh, and the belief was that their cultural or religious beliefs um, conflicted with this messaging. Um, and that they were, what was the quote? It was uh, confused, upset, and in pain or something like that. Um, and that probably extends to the wider LGBTIQA plus community because it's not just like at the moment we're focusing on, um, you know, players that are now out in the open and friendly. I think you make a good point. Like, you know, if, if, uh, Sonny Bill Williams wants to get rid of gambling on his Jersey, uh, we supported him to do that. Um, you know, if Usman Kawaja doesn't want to be part of, you know, those champagne showers when Australia win cricket games and not, not have VB on his chest or whatever, he's entitled to do that as well. Um, I think we had the same thing with Fawad Ahmed as well in the Australian setup for a cricket. Um, so, you know, like we support these people to do those types of things, which I think are different because inclusivity is, is more about a human right than not drinking alcohol or not supporting alcohol. I think it's a little bit different, but you make a good point about, you know, they're not out there on social media, like blitzing everybody. no. Um, so, you know, like, is like maybe, maybe it should be an opt in situation, like where you can, as a player opt in to the idea of having a, you know, not a, not a literal, um, badge, but like, you know, like a, so like a, like a, like a sewn in or an ironed on badge or something that you can wear during a pride round or something like that. So yep. that if you personally, uh, believe in this cause, um, you can wear that badge, um, and then if you if you prefer not to support the cause directly, uh, you can opt opt out. Um, would would that be a better solution, Friendy? Yeah, something like that would be great. Or even just, d- does it need to be part of the game day jersey for the team? Can it not be put up? I don't know. Can they not fly a flag that day over the? the scoreboard or are there other options somewhere as well that won't actually it'll show that the club supports the message and the movement but it doesn't necessarily single out players Mm. needing to to show their beliefs or something like that i I, i'm not sure it has to come to that can they put the goal like the the pads on the goalpost or something or like why does why do we need daily cherry evans to publicly state that he supports gay rights I, I, I don't need to hear that. I don't care if Daly supports that or not. That's not why I'm a Manly fan and following Daly Cherry Evans if I was a Manly fan, which I'm not, thank God. Um, <laughs> but but you, you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't need to know that. I don't need, whether it's cricket, I don't need to know that Ricky Ponning supports anything like that. I, I don't need, I'm going to like him anyway. It, it's not my. It's not Ricky's job to tell me that. If he wants to do that and he wants to get behind something like that, then that's great. So maybe the opt-in thing is the way to go. But yeah, I, I, I don't need to know that from footy players. I think um, just a, a closing thought there that um, you know I identify as a as a straight male. I'm, I'm a white person, so like in terms of privileges, I have a few and. I think it's. I think it is important messaging for people that identify under the you know the wider queer banner. You know LGBTIQA plus. Um, it is meaningful to people like that. I I will suggest that. But there perhaps is a better way to do it. And as we saw with 
Des Hasler and Daily Cherry Evans giving what was it like basically a 20 minute press conference which was really brutal I thought and I thought they did a really really good job um, you know they've ended up apologising on behalf of the club yeah and just to jump in really quickly there how gutless from Scott Penn and all the directors of the Seagulls yeah. club to put the head coach and the captain out in front of this issue mm-hmm. now um, unless I'm mistaken, mm-hmm. neither of them have come up with this initiative. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, they both support it. Um, yeah, well, Des but, played with Ian Roberts. Yeah, exactly. So, and they're they're probably great mates. Like, of course, yeah. he supports it. Yeah. Why does he have he, to get up there and get it's hammered by journos? It's it's yeah. totally ridiculous. And you know, the club came up with some crap about oh, you know, the, I can't remember who the, the chair is, but he's available, and Scott Penn is, you know, in his mansion in the Hamptons or whatever. It's just ridiculous that. We've heard nothing from either of them, and they've sort of, you know, pushed the guys in front of the camera. Off you go. Um, you guys are the face of this, um, despite probably making other decisions about it. Make this right for us. Mm-hmm. It's just totally, I don't want to say typical, but it's, yeah, it is typical. <laughs> Paul, poorly handled by the club in yeah. that exact situation, but Friendy, I thought pretty well handled by Des and Daly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I thought they did a great job and, and credit to them. I think you guys raise a good point in that um, I, I think maybe the... Pro- and I can't... I don't know the, what's inside the players' heads, but um, maybe if it was more of a club show of support rather than mm-hmm. each individual being some genuinely and some falsely being made to be mm-hmm. advocates of, um, of pride. Maybe that might sell, but who knows? Who knows? There's, there's got to be a better way. The the outcome here has hurt people within the club and people and, and fans outside of it. So um, hopefully the NRL, Seagulls and other clubs too uh, find a way to meaningfully support, you know, every every cause they support um, without hurting people and without, you know, fucking up this, this clusterfuckly. And speaking of clusterfucks, boys... <laughs> Let's let's talk. Let's get into it. The Tigers and Cowboys. Now, I have to admit, guys, everyone knows I'm a big Cowboys fan. Everyone knows that Chris is a big Tigers fan. Now, I was at trivia on Sunday evening with my cousin and his fiance, and and we had a great time. We actually won. The three of us, we we won the $150 bar tab, which you know, phenomenal. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, mate. Phenomenal. Um, you know, you guys know me. I don't drink alcohol, so I'll be cashing on that $150 bar tab pretty heavily, about $10 of it, with my, with my lemonades. Um, but I didn't see the controversy. I saw up to about half time, and the Cowboys weren't doing flash, and then I just went and hoped for the best. And then I checked the score, and and I'm just like, oh, wow, we won. That's cool. And then I saw the scoring, and I was like, wow, that was weird. Like, the Tigers were in front, and then there was a penalty goal right at the end. That's interesting. And then I looked at the group chat, and there was about, I shit you not, like 300 messages. <laughs> and you guys were blowing up Deluxe. So, Friendy, first first crack. Thoughts, mate? What, what, what happened there? Oh, well, again, the refs. Come on, guys. Lift. They're just, they are struggling this season. And I hate to pick on them because they have such a tough gig. Like, you, mm-hmm. you couldn't pay me enough to do that job. But the one thing... Like on the field, I uh, read the other day that some of their um, their heart rates, the on-field refs, can get up upwards of 150 beats per minute, which that is, that is flying. So mm-hmm. to make the decisions they do on the run is, is pretty incredible. But the guys in the bunker, you're the video ref with a fancy nickname. 
um, <laughs> get it right. Like literally, there, there's that many people at home going. I don't. How did he come to that decision? I, I don't believe it should have been able to be challenged in the first place. Like the short whistle, that's a load of shit. That's just made up. We never heard of that before. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, how does Ashley Klein like? At no stage does Kapoa. The felt runs into him. Kapoa's just looking at the ball. Like I know he moves in in field a little bit, and maybe that could be construed as something. But you see that a lot on short kickoffs. That when it's going to the certain player, then the other guys get in front because um, they can. If there's a knock on, they mm-hmm. can get the ball rather than the Cowboys team flying onto it and and potentially scoring a try or something. Yeah. Felt deliberately runs into him, falls over, gets the penalty, and I don't blame Kyle Felt for doing that because given the same situation, I would do that as well. Um, that's gamesmanship. That that's part of rugby league. But yeah, just the, the guys in the the bunker like Ashley Client, like just oh lift. Yeah, I don't imagine his heart rate would have been uh, too flash. As far as I can tell in the media and just basically in the entire world, um, there's this one friend that I have who is a Cowboys diehard, very one-eyed. He reckons it was definitely a penalty. (laughs) Ashley Klein reckons it's a penalty. And Paul Kent reckons that there was a pretty good argument that it was a, a penalty, according to his performance on NRL 360 on Monday. Miles, do you want to join those those ranks? I will have to ally myself with those guys, um, unfortunately. Um, look, I I won't go on about it too much, but um, I, personally, I think if you watch the play in its whole, I think you see Kapoa glance over at where Felt is running, and he does make an effort to get in front of him. Now, personally, I would call that a penalty. You guys may not. That's fine. But to me, the inexcusable part of this is that, uh, and I had to go read the rules myself, but it's not... It's not a challengeable play. Mm. There has to be a call made to be challenged in the first place. You can't... I thought maybe you could stop the game to, to make a challenge, but mm-hmm. you can't. Mm-hmm. And it's inexcusable that not the on-field ref, not the video ref, not the on-field ref's assistance, mm-hmm. no one knew the, the rule. Mm-hmm. And I, I just... That's inconceivable to me. Like, it's, it's one thing for me to have to look up the rules as a fan, but mm. that's your job. You have to know the rules. And mm. I, I just, yeah, I just could not believe that, uh, you know, however many referees we have, like one plus the two touch judges plus the, you know, two guys in the box or whatever, mm-hmm. not one of them knew that you can't produce a channel of Jonathan here. That's interesting. Um, I, it's the first time I've heard of the soft whistle uh, or the short oh. whistle. Um, I've never heard of that one. Miles, have you heard of that one? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. they will, look, they will blow a intermittent whistle when they're reviewing a try. That wasn't taking place there. There was mm-hmm. no try scored. Mm-hmm. And the, to me, the, watching the play, the only reason that they blew the short whistle is because the Cowboys players are putting on pressure on the referee. Oh, the to- game had been over for... 10 minutes and the, <laughs> the bloody you, you've got a challenge within 15 seconds and the refs the ref basically ran over to but the chad oh do you want a challenge do you want a challenge like like give it gave it to him on a plate please they oh fuck me like i gotta swear here like it's just a joke like the poor tigers i mean they're just being hammered and that's just another one well, sorry, Shell's mum, that um, that friend of yours swearing uh, we, <laughs> we can't have can't have that um like okay, so basically, in terms of fallout here, as and as, as a Cowboys fan, I'll put my two cents in. I can see what you're saying, Miles. I think there is an element of Kapoor trying to get 
in a position where he could be an obstacle. Um, but he is also moving towards the ball. He is making it pretty hard to penalise, I think. Uh, my personal opinion is that I would have been happy for the Tigers to win for a couple of reasons. I love an underdog. Um, I want my friend Chris to be happy. Um, shout out to Chris Waring. <laughs> Sorry, May. That was that was really brutal. And when I when I finally went back and watched like the, the press conferences and all that sort of stuff, I was just like in shock um, about what happened. But I, as far as I can tell, the only consequences are that A, the Tigers stay on the bottom of the ladder. The Cowboys stay in second possession, uh, position. And actually, Klein has lost his job for a week, <laughs> which Miles has just given two <laughs> thumbs up for, like Roger Ebert. Uh, so, <laughs> Friendy, uh, do you think that's a fair consequence for Ashley Klein to be basically the only person hung out? Well, the issue is that uh, there's not enough um, first-grade referees. So... You, you probably only can drop him for a week or, or whatever it may be. There's not enough guys that um, can come in and do that job just at the moment. So that that's an issue in itself. Mm-hmm. And it's this is part of the problem because when they do make a, a howler, then they just get hammered in the media. Um, the, Ashes, yeah... I, yeah, I, w- I won't say that joke that I said the other day, but um, I guess he's, he's probably happy all this other stuff's come out at the moment mm. um, to sort of get him off the back page because I reckon he would have been there all week. But, mm. yeah, I just I, they just have to be better. And I think there was a, an episode about six weeks ago or, or something like that when the Tamari Martin Brisbane um, thing, and it was against Newcastle with the obstruction. And I, I think sometimes they just, they just make things up. I, I don't know if they... I just don't know what's going on. Like, uh, like Miles said, I don't know how they don't know the rules, and yeah, it's, it's bizarre—a bizarre situation to me. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the answer is. Like punishment-wise, they, they just need to be better. That's it. Just, just be better. When you've got a big, I don't know, massive widescreen TV HD that they all wanted when Bill Harrigan had a whinge about it, like you get 54 replays, mate. Just make the right call. Lift. Fuck, I miss Bill Harrigan. Um, <laughs> so, for, so for, suffice to say that uh, Friend is a bit disappointed with just the, the level of refereeing, which I, I tend to agree with. Like, I, I, I think referees do have a really tough job, but the bunker is significantly easier. Miles, is there anybody that disappointed you out of that? Considering that you can you you think that you know perhaps perhaps it was a fair penalty. I suppose you think fair play play on, but maybe the referee disappointed you in taking the challenge, or just the the knowledge of the referees. Well, if I'm to provide a level of analysis about what happened, I think that the referee um, let the player pressure of the Cowboys kind of. You know, converging on him like it's almost like soccer, um, and sort of demanding that he review um, the call, which is what I think happened. I th- I think the referees really let himself down. And like, if mm-hmm. you're the if you're the bunker, you review what you're told to review. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was told to review that play. He found a penalty. As I said, I might have made a call as well. So I'm placing the blame on the referee because mm-hmm. if he doesn't say oh you know short short whistle blow whatever um can we just check to see if no one's impeded um none of this happens and as far as i can tell in the rules he had no right to send that up to review anyway mm. I, I will speak on behalf of um of kieran gibson uh who is not here tonight but he's a town ta- he's a, ta- a cowboys fan and he said that he was quite disappointed with todd payton um <laughs> in the press conference 
Friendy, did you get the chance to see that one at all? No, I didn't see it, but I saw the quotes, so I, I know what he's talking about. It's sort of, I think he was just trying to dance around um, not giving it to the refs because, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I don't think um, he agreed with the decision, but it's hard to, I don't know, I guess he's trying to keep his team up and, and sort of, he's got other issues at play going into that press conference, so I'm not going to be too critical of him. Yeah, no, me either, um, but I just did want to um, represent Kieran, did um, Miles? Did anyone impress you out of the whole situation? Maybe Paul Kent. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, everyone disappointed me to be honest. I mean, also you know to be probably you know critical on a slightly cruel level here. The Tigers supposedly used to have six captains. One of them's <laughs> surely got to get in there and say, "Ref, they can't challenge. There's no call to challenge." Mm. So, again, maybe they know the rules a little bit better. Uh, James Tarmo started asking if he could challenge the challenge. <laughs> Good on okay, he impressed And me. he's played 300 yeah, games. It was his 300th game. He's, he's impressed me in all this. Good on him. And, and I mean, there was, there was an argument that he might have been able to uh, challenge the actual kickoff, um, given that Val Holmes was apparently <laughs> offside, oh, which is just another, like, part of all of this nonsense. Okay. Uh, Friendy, did anybody impress you out of the whole thing? No. No, no. <laughs> you know who impressed me? It was um, interim interim coach. So because Brett Kamali was the interim coach, but he was uh, he was COVID. Um, ben Gardner stepped up at the press conference, and he just made a lot of sense. I thought, and uh, you know, he he didn't dance around it. Like he obviously felt that it was unfair, um, but he he also. You know, I think was pretty nuanced in his appraisal of how things went and how difficult the job is and and just focusing on the positives a little bit. And I think it kind of reminded me, and Friendy, I know you were a big fan of the way that Billy Slater conducted himself um, throughout various points of the Origin series. It, it reminded me of that. It was like, you know, like this adversity can wreck us or it can be an opportunity for further growth. And I feel like Ben Gardner uh, would have maybe added a zero to his price tag or maybe ended up on a few people's radars after all of that because he might, he might have head coaching aspirations and things like that are certainly good to have. Uh, guys, thanks very much for your thoughts. Friendy, do you have any uh, burning things you want to say about that before we move on? Oh, I just think the NRL's missed a trick there. That, that really should have happened to the Raiders and then Ricky Stewart in the press conference. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, his fine would have been, speaking of extra zeros, <laughs> yeah, Ricky would have blown a gasket. Oh, would have paid for a new bunker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, after you blow that one up. <laughs> good call, good call. Let's move on to round 20 predictions, guys. So we're going to start off on Thursday evening. As we mentioned, uh, a whole bunch of Seagulls are out and unavailable as they have, um, you know, they have a stance that they are sticking to so at 7.50pm at Four Pines Park the Seals are playing against the Roosters now this as we mentioned is a very 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 important match in the context of the season uh, I won't go through the, the whole Seal 7 but I will mention a few key players out including Alukawatu um, Schuster uh, I think Kool has been really good at centre Saab you know feet like hands but um <laughs> Like, or what, vice versa, wasn't it? Hands like feet, that's what it is, isn't it, Friendy? I, I screwed up your saying. Yeah, um, no, hand, hands like a digital clock, that's a better one. Hands, hands like a digital clock, that, that's pretty good. The Roosters are looking uh, looking pretty strong, and they're welcoming welcoming back Joey Manu and Lindsay Collins as well. 
I was going to give this one to Chris, but I'll give this one to you, Friendy. Um, who do you like in this one? Yeah, well, I think it's hard to go past the Roosters, isn't it? Just given the the lack of um, players Manly have here, they, they still do have, I guess, Cherry Evans, Foran, and, and I think Ruben Garrick has been playing really good footy, mm-hmm. um, filling in for Tom Turbo. I thought last week Manly really missed, um, obviously, Jake Trebojevic, but Lachlan Croker, I think he's defensively, um, and I thought in attack, whilst he's not sharp, he, he's not... The, the greatest number nine, but he certainly squares their attack up mm-hmm. when he jumps out a little bit, and, and they really missed him last week. They went sideways, so yeah, I think the Roosters are going to make a real charge to September here, and, and this will be one of their, their big wins. I think the Roosters are going to win, but I will leave the rest of that to my bold. Okay. Um, I... I think the Seagulls are going to make a good account of themselves. There's currently, I think Miles looked it up, they're rank outsiders. Um, of course, if you do choose to gamble, gamble responsibly, but there could be some value there. Um, <laughs> but I don't think they will get the job done. I think they will do their fans proud, though, and I, I hope they do wearing their inclusive jerseys. But Roosters for me. The next game is between the Warriors and the Storm. It's still a bit of a novelty to have games out at Mount Smart Stadium. Very exciting at 6 o'clock on Friday. Uh, the Storm, they've been, been going through it, haven't they? But they have seem to have put together basically the same team from last week. Uh, and they have lost, what is it, four in a row now. Um, the Warriors will be without Jack Murchie and Jesse Arthurs. Miles, what do you make of this one? Yeah, super interesting game here. Um, we all know playing at Mount Sinai Stadium is a challenge, uh, especially when there's only, I think, been one game there since um, mm. since they returned to New Zealand. Uh, and the Warriors are a little bit of a... can be a bogey team for the Storm. They can get a score put on them too, mm-hmm. typically on Anzac Day. Um, but I'm really interested. I think the Storm will win. Uh, and, and stop that skid. Mm-hmm. But I really wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors won this one and the, the Storm lost five in a row for the first time since, uh, I think, 2012, we said. Since 19 Dickety 2. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Brendy, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I just like Melbourne here. I think they'll they'll bounce back this week. Uh, the Warriors, I think it's probably one of their better sides they've named in a long time. But, yeah, I'll have to tip the Storm. I will too. I just think, goodness, like they can't lose that many, surely. You know, not five in a row. And they, they have enough class in their team that they can they can be a feature in September, possibly even October. Um, so maybe that starts now against the Warriors. The next game is the Eels and Panthers. Speaking of teams that need to turn it around, the Eels are very up and down. It's Combank Stadium on Friday evening. Uh Basically, there's a few key injuries uh, for the Panthers. No Jerome Luai. He could be out for up to two months, which might which might be the rest of the season, in, in, uh, potentially, if things don't go right. Um, Stephen Crichton, of course, with that ear that you mentioned earlier. And then Mitch Kenny is also out. So the Eels are, I think, the only team that beat the Panthers this year. Friendly, can they do it again? I've really tossed up um, tipping the Eels here, but... Um, they they and they have a good record against Penrith, um, or sort of like not maybe not recent times, but overall it's a bit of a battle of the West. So yeah, I'm I'm going to stick with Penrith, um, but it, it'll be pretty close, I think. And Miles, I too was close to the Eels. Mm. Um, obviously they, they beat the Panthers last time out, and they're really strong at Combank Stadium. Um, but I am going to tip the Panthers. 
Me too. I'm just not brave enough, I'm afraid, um, to tip the Eels. <laughs> the next game is from Seabus Super Stadium, perhaps a packed out Seabus Super Stadium, <laughs> just to really beat that dead horse. We're just flogging it. Um, the Titans and Raiders on Saturday afternoon. Uh, basically, uh, not much changes for both teams. They're, they're pretty solid. I've, I've noticed a little bit of improvement in the Titans recently. Miles, do you think they've got a chance? Uh, they are a chance. They have improved, you're right. Uh, I think they maybe sense they're coaching for the, they're, sorry, they're playing for their coach's job. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ricky Stewart, of course, the Raiders aren't. Uh, he was just extended. Uh, but I think the Raiders are playing better recently as well. I think they should win this one pretty comfortably. What do you think, Friendly? Yeah, Raiders easily. I think the Titans were flattered by that scoreline last week. They were getting absolutely dished up by the dogs. And, um, yeah, I think the Raiders will give it to them. I'm probably going to go for the Raiders as well, just to, you know, be boring. But I do like some of the changes the Titans have made, including putting Aaron Cluck in its starting lock um, with Farsal Maliawi moving to front row, keeping Aaron Booth a hooker. I really like that. But... Yeah, now the Raiders have more to play for here, so I'm going to go for them. The next game is a very interesting one. Two informed teams, the Sharks and the Rabbitohs from Points Bent Stadium on Saturday evening. Uh, basically, the only out for the game of any real consequence is Mark Nichols, who is out for the Rabbitohs. Friendy, who do you like in this one? I'm going to keep tipping Latrell until the end of the year, I reckon. <laughs> um Yeah, I'm going with South. I think they've got the hot hand overall. I think Cronulla... Yeah, potentially may have the the better side, more disciplined, everything like that. But I'm going to go with the X Factor at the back for the Bunnies and, yeah, ride him all the way home. So, yeah, Bunnies for me. I forgot to mention, by the way, that, of course, Finucane was named at lock. He won't play. He was suspended. I imagine Cameron McInnes will start there and they'll bring somebody else onto the bench, maybe uh, Jesse Colquan or uh, Aidan Tolman. Miles, who do you like? Ah, uh, yes, it's a close one. Um... I might back the Sharks here. I know that Latrell is um, playing some of the best footies ever played recently, mm-hmm. and the Rabbitohs are surging, but I am going to go for the Sharks here. I think they'll want to sort of prove their medal against a, a team of roughly the same sort of ability as them. Mm-hmm. I am tossing and turning about this one, but I like the cut of the Sharks' jib, I think. I'm, I'm with you, Friendy, thinking that Latrell's in hot form but uh yeah sharks for me as well but not with any sort of comfort uh saturday night this could be a game that you might be going to miles stedman uh broncos and tigers now of course the tigers heartbroken and luke garner injured looked like his shoulder quite early on in that game against the cowboys and he soldiered on for a, a large portion of it so kudos to him but he has succumbed while Jordan Pereira drops out for the Broncos, uh, Deloise Huerta at wing and Dane Mariner. Dane Mariner, quite the player at centre there, giving the nod of, instead of uh, Branko Lee. Miles, in this game, this could be your Suncorp Stadium debut. Um, who do you <laughs> yeah. like? Uh, I like the Broncos. They always seem to really put a score on the, the poor teams at, at home. And I think they'll continue the, the tradition here. Freddie? Yeah, unfortunately for the Tigers, I just look at the starting pack and the bench for the both sides, and all I can see is Brisbane meters. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I can't see the Tigers stopping the Brisbane roll on through the middle here, and I think Brisbane could win quite well. Yeah, I, you know, poor old Tigers, but I'm going to go for the Broncos as well. 
And we move forward to Sunday afternoon at McDonald Jones Stadium. It is Friendies Knights against the Bulldogs, who have had a bit of a resurgence in, in recent weeks. The Knights will be without Kalen Ponga, Leo Thompson, and to the uh, cheers of Daniel Friend, <laughs> Lachlan Fitzgibbon, while the Bulldogs will be without Ray Faitala Mariner, who was just re-signed to three years uh, to the cheers of Bulldogs fans. He's a, he's a very good player, and they will miss him. Friendy, what do you make of this? Doggies by plenty. There is no points in our spine whatsoever. Matt Burton will shred that left side. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very disheartened as a Knights fan at the moment, and I expect the Dogs to win. I hate this. I hate I hate listening to you talk like this, mate. It just it kills me. It absolutely kills <laughs> me. Uh, Miles, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go the new and improved Bulldogs so the Knights, unfortunately. I'm going to go the Knights at home. Fuck it. Go on, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. come on. Come on, Knights. Do it for Friendy. <laughs> Kurt Mann is in the reserves. He's ready to go. Let's do it. Uh, and the last game is the Dragons and Cowboys from Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. Now, the Cowboys have conceded 26 points. I think it's exactly 26 points in the last four games they've played, which is a bizarre stat. So there might be some value in the Dragons scoring exactly 26 points. <laughs> In this game, Dragons are also playing at home. Ugh, borderline tragic news. Uh, Cody Ramsey, he's been playing fantastic at fullback, but he's out, and so is Jaden Sullivan. Um, Tyrell Sloan is on the bench, which is it's nice to see. Uh, he's a very talented guy who I'm looking forward to seeing him get a go. Miles, who do you like out of the Dragons and Cowboys? Uh, Cowboys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think um, uh, I just don't really have any faith in the Dragons. They fired two assistant coaches this week. God knows what that'll do, but yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, not a fan of gentle head. Apparently, the Dragons uh, they they did beat the Seagulls last start. And by the way, uh, Ruben Cotter is on the reserves list for the Cowboys very soon. He could he may well play this week. So, friendy, who do you like? Yeah, that's the jersey I was looking at lurking in the reserves. Uh, number 20, Ruben Cotter. I think uh, the Cowboys will win this, and um, it might be close for a little bit, but I think their defence will be much better this week. After last week, I reckon Todd Payton was ready to yeah, give him a really good serve. Uh, I've heard Gus Gould over the years talk about you probably only get about one or two a year, mm-hmm. um, and I reckon they would have got a real rocket and been flogged at training this week. So, yeah, Cowboys for me, and I think they'll show their premiership credentials this week. I hope you're both right. I'm going to go for the Cowboys as well. Heart tip, definitely. In the head, though, I don't know. Like, I I still... I I don't believe we're a great side yet. I don't know what it is. I I think I'm, like, PTSD or something about the last few seasons. So, um, I I will go for the Cowboys, though. Boys, thank you very much. Let's talk bold predictions. Friendy, what do you have? My bold is pretty bold. I'm going to go Ezra Mann to score a hat-trick. Wow. Wow. That might have just bought Miles' ticket just to go and watch Ezra Man. Uh, Miles, uh, what's your bold prediction this week? My bold prediction is that despite a spirited effort from the Seagulls, they will go down by two in the uh, inaugural NRL Pride game. Mm. And I think there will be, and this has to be a part of the bold prediction, there will be a Pride-related celebration post-try from a Seagull. So what would that look like? It looked like pointing at the symbol or something like that. I feel like this is one of those um, instances where we have to see it happen. And once we do, we'll know. We'll know. That's Miles' bold. 
Get yeah. it up. All right. Well, like I'm worried that that's a little bit too open, but okay. <laughs> um, my ball prediction is that the Tigers will win the penalty count against the Broncos. I think there's going to be a little bit of uh, not bias, not cheating, but just a little bit of awareness from the referees that the Tigers have had a hard time recently. And referees are human and they're just going to occasionally make these kind of decisions. Guys, thank you both very very much Miles it's been a, an absolute pleasure to have you in the flesh now, that sounded like I just had sex with you um, <laughs> friendly <laughs> pleasure to have you in the voice of, of course um, and a, a big shout out to all the women in league of course this is the women in league round we, we have been remiss not to mention that because the media hasn't been mentioning that but uh, please you know if, if there's a, a canteen lady a mum a sister a female player a female administrator a female manager a coach um, an auntie or whoever, just give them a big old hug for, on behalf of Rugby League. And until we talk next time, make sure you get above the horizontal because you deserve it. Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.